Thanks for listening to the Seeds Church Podcast. If you're in Middle Tennessee, we'd love to have you join us in person for one of our services. Check out SeedsChurchTN.com for times and locations. Now, here's our lead pastor, J.D. Swilly. New Year, same God, amen? That is good news, you guys. That's, that's like uh, the best news we could receive, that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? The circumstances don't change him. I, I think I'm more excited about it than you guys, but anyway. <laughs> but today I want to talk about fasting. And, you know, I grew up in a church, in a great godly church, godly home even. And I remember hearing about fasting and I know that, you know, there's been numerous times, dozens of times, hundreds of times that I would read in the scripture about fasting and even Jesus going to the wilderness on his fast. But I just didn't see a lot of that happening around me. And, and, and so, again, I remember a lot of wonderful church experiences, a lot of wonderful things, you know, but I just didn't see the discipline of fasting practiced in front of me. And I know that for some people, you know, that's a private thing. You don't always have to tell everybody all the time when you're fasting. But then there's the seasons of corporate fasting that you go through. And, and, but I just never witnessed that for myself. And so I kind of grew up with hearing a lot about it, but never experiencing it firsthand, never uh, seeing observed the discipline of fasting firsthand. And again, a lot of great godly people that love Jesus, but I just didn't see the fasting piece. Several years ago, though, I did get to be a part of a church who had fasting in their regular rhythm of their, of their calendar every year. Since I was part of that church, I've been fasting at least once a year, and I've come to see the great value in this spiritual discipline. And so I understand that for some of us, fasting might be brand new. For some of us, it might be old, you know, some people might think fasting is extreme. Some people might think fasting is routine. But wherever you are on the spectrum today, I want us to take a look and at Jesus' words in John chapter four. In John chapter four, Jesus has this encounter with the Samaritan woman at the well. And uh, we, we don't have time to go into everything about this encounter today, but it's pretty significant that Jesus would take time, he, he actually, the scriptures talk about him going out of the way. He, he's purposely went out of the way on his journey to go to where he was to meet the Samaritan woman at the well. She didn't know, she didn't know he would be there, but he was led by the Holy Spirit there and he had this conversation with her and that's where we're gonna pick up after Jesus has this moment with her in John chapter four, verse 27. It says, at that moment, his disciples returned. And so it was just Jesus and the woman and, uh, and they, they were amazed that he was talking with a woman but still no one said to Jesus, uh, you know, Jesus, what are you doing here? Like, what are you looking for? Why are you talking with her? So they just kind of, they're there kind of like kind of keeping their distance a little bit, confused by this. Jesus, you know, this is like Jews and Samaritans. They don't, mix, you know, they don't talk to one another, but here Jesus is, is breaking this racial barrier, he's breaking a cultural, cultural barrier, and he's engaging this woman, and, and breaking even like um, a, 
a, a battle of the sexes barrier, I guess, if you will. Like, you know, it was not necessarily um, a kosher thing, if you will, no pun intended, but was it really a kosher thing for, uh, you know, a man to be talking to a married woman, a single man to be talking to a married woman in a one-on-one conversation like this at the well? And so there's a lot going on here, and the disciples are like, what is going on with Jesus? But again, they didn't interrupt. And so the woman left her jar and she went into town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I have done. Could he possibly be the Messiah? They went out of the town and came to him. Meanwhile, the disciples urged him, Rabbi, aren't you hungry? It's like we're in the middle of the day and you haven't eaten anything. Eat. But Jesus said to them, I have food to eat of which you do not know. So the disciples said to one another, could he have brought something to eat? That, you know, we didn't know about. Jesus said, my food is to do the will of the one who sent me and to finish his work. So the disciples are like, hey, Jesus, it's the middle of the day. You need something to eat. And probably to be honest, like if, if we were gonna be, if like, maybe if Peter, James, and John were here, and if they were being real with this, they probably would have said, we were hungry. Like, I was hungry. I haven't, you know, because I'm a disciple of Jesus and a disciple does what the master does. I mean, that's what disciples do. They follow their master, they learn the way of their master, and they do what their master does. So if Jesus hadn't eaten by this time, means the disciples had not eaten at this time. So they're like, hey, Jesus, it's lunchtime. If you hadn't forgotten, we haven't eaten, it's time to eat. And, and it's not like, you know, Jesus had like, you know, low blood sugar, he had di- diabetes or something. It's not like, gee, we gotta get him some food because, you know, if, he, if we don't, he might, you know, pass out or something. And the disciples were just probably getting hungry and Jesus says to them, I've got food that you don't know about. So now they're like, does Jesus have like Chick-fil-A hidden under his robe or something? I, you know, is he, is he, did he hide the Oreos somewhere? Is there a PB&J or a thermos of soup somewhere that we don't know about? You know, what, what's the deal? Jesus is like, guys, I've, I've got something that nourishes me. And the thing that keeps me alive is accomplishing the purpose that God has for my life. That's what he's talking about. And in this particular situation, we don't know if Jesus was just fasting lunch or if he was fasting during the entire day or if there was some other scenario that we don't know about. But what we do know is that in that moment, Jesus was not interested in food right then. What he was interested in was this lady having an encounter with God and have, having this encounter where God is is showing her who she really is, who she is as a child of God, revealing to her her purpose. That's what Jesus was more interested in. And today, you know, we live in a culture that is continually shouting at us and saying, hey, eat this. Or maybe it's not food. Maybe it's just try this, watch this, listen to this, go do this. Be busy with this. Be entertained with this. Comfort yourself with this. Cope by using this. 
Feed your appetite for whatever it is that your flesh craves. Wherever your, fre- your flesh craves it, consume, consume, consume. That's the message of the culture. And the thing that we have to be aware of is this truth right here. Whatever you choose to consume is what will consume you. Whatever you choose to feed on, that's what will consume you. That's what will feed on you, basically. Let me ask you this. Have you ever just even accidentally, without even thinking about it, eaten like a half a can of Pringles? <laughs> just half? I was, I was trying to be generous. <laughs> I just, have you ever accidentally eaten like a dozen Oreos, you know? Have you ever, like, without really thinking about it, you find yourself, it's like one o'clock in the morning and you just finished binge watching an entire season of something on Netflix? Whatever you consume will consume you. I remember, like, back, um, back in the day when Netflix didn't have streaming service, you actually had to have DVDs. You guys remember that? Back in the olden times? And Jamie and I were, were getting into the show 24. And we would, you know, get a, di- I think we had the, the two-disc subscription to Netflix. We have a disc. It's like we start, we, you know, the kids are in bed. It's 9.30. We pop in an episode of 24. It ends. And you know how all those episodes end? They're like cliffhangers. Right. You want to watch another one? Yeah, we'll watch another one. And you finish that one. Oh, my gosh. You want to watch another one? Yeah, let's watch another one. I'm so glad that we just ran out of episodes on a disc and we didn't have the streaming service at that time. Because you'd be, it'd be one o'clock in the morning, you're like, oh my gosh, I've gotta be productive tomorrow and, and, and I've, I'm not doing a very good job of filling my bucket to pour it out tomorrow. I, I stayed up way too late doing something that's not making any kind of eternal difference in life. You know, I'm just entertaining my flesh. And there's nothing wrong with a little entertainment, but the, the, the truth here is, is that whatever you consume will consume you. So the question is, what are you consuming? Like never before in world history, we're living in, our, in, in a world, time and place where our appetites can be so easily fed. If you want movies, if you want music, if you want TV, if you want books, if you want whatever it is, you've got media right here in the palm of your hand, all of that. Gaming, you want food, boom, drive through You don't even have to get drive through now. You can just door dash it. If you need anything in the world, you don't even have to go out and shop for it. Just open up your Amazon app and it'll be on your doorstep in two days or less. Did I get a hand clap for that? Praise the Lord. <laughs> Christmas shopping is beautiful when it happens that way. I got an amen for Amazon. Somebody call Jeff Bezos. And when we, we give in to the constant shouting of our culture, we find ourselves being consumed by what we consume. Our thoughts, our energy, our time, our money are now sometimes being consumed by stuff that doesn't have really any eternal value. But fasting does this. Fasting says, hey, cravings, hey, desires of the flesh, you 
are not going to dominate me. You're not gonna rule me. You will not be my master. I will not be subservient to you. And instead of these whims having control over you, fasting is an instrument that we use to tune out the physical cravings and tune in our spiritual appetites. Fasting helps us decrease the desires of the flesh and increase our desire to walk with God, to go where he's directing us to go, to be part of what he's calling us to do. And I just wanna say this right here, right now. This is not about proving, like fasting is not, well, I gotta do this so I can prove something to God. Or I have to do this to, to, to like prove to myself that I love God. See, when you do that, you kinda, you're stepping into a works mentality. And Jesus has already accomplished everything. So we're not like, we're not fasting to work for something or to earn something. We have to look at it just strictly from this point of view. I am tuning out the cravings of the flesh so I can turn up the voice of the Holy Spirit. And throughout the scriptures, we see a, a variety of reasons why people fast. I, even just a few weeks ago, we were reading in the scripture where the, like Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration with Moses and Elijah and Peter, James, and John. And he comes down off the mountain and immediately he's met by the guy who's got a son who's being tormented by a demon. Demon keeps trying to drown him. The demon keeps trying to throw the son into a fire. And the, the guy took his son to the disciples and the disciples could not cast the demon out of him. And Jesus gives, some, gives them some correction about their faith. And then he said, uh, only these kind can be cast out by prayer and fasting. Wasn't that something? But what I don't want us to do is get into the mentality of, well, I have to do this to earn something from God or prove something to myself or prove something to someone else. My gosh, do not enter into a fast to prove something to someone else. Because what will happen is one of two things. You'll get into it and you'll either accomplish the fast and then you'll walk into pride. And you'll be like, look, I did it. I did it. Or you'll get into it and maybe you mess up and you don't keep your fast and then you step into condemnation. And then that will prevent you from going into another fast later when the Lord wants you to fast. So this is, this is not about proving anything to anybody. This is simply about, I'm gonna seek the face of God. I'm gonna, I want what God wants. I want my desires to come in alignment with God's desires. So I'm gonna turn out the physical cravings and I wanna tune into my spiritual appetite. I want the same resolve that Jesus had when he said, my food is to do the will of my Father. Instead of consuming all the things that the world has to offer us, maybe, maybe we could be a people that cares about what God wants. We care more about what he cares about. When we set ourselves to fasting and praying, we begin to change. We begin caring more about the things that God cares about. 
And we begin seeing things in an eternal focus, an eternal perspective through the lens of eternity because we want to make a difference for eternity more than we want to have lunch. Jamie and I have got three kids. And the girls, you know, they, Jelana is able to drive her and Jocelyn to school by themselves now these days, but I still have to take Noble to and from school because he's not driving by himself yet. And about every single day when I pick him up from school, he asks me a question. He's back there right now. Do you want to take a stab at what you say? Mm, that's not what you say. He says, Dad, I'm hungry. Can we get something to eat? Can we, right? Am I right? Okay, all right, all right. I'm not making this up. And when I used to pick the girls up from school on the after, in the afternoons before Jelana started driving, it was the same kind of thing. Hey, can we stop by Sonic? Hey, can we stop by Karen's Custards? Hey, you know, wherever it was that we were driving by, hey, Dad, it's happy hour, you know, like it, it, Sonic, you know, half-price drinks, wink, wink, hint, hint. And, and it's all about they wanted a snack. And so sometimes we would stop. Sometimes they're like, no, get a snack when you get home. And, you know, they'd get that afternoon snack, right? And then, oh, man, that's good. That's exactly what I needed. And then 6.30 comes rolling around and, you know, the buzzards come flying into the kitchen and they're like, what's for dinner? You know, or they're swarming around the kitchen, kitchen island or something, you know. And, uh, and then we feed them dinner. But then hunger makes another appearance, right? About bedtime, right? And it's like, oh, I just need a little snack, you know. I'm like, we just ate like an hour and a half ago or Two hours ago, it wasn't that long ago, you had a full meal. But that's, that's how it is, you know? And, and it's like this most days, but there are exceptions. Now, we haven't had one of these yet this year, but I know that we all appreciate these snow days. Does everybody like a good snow day? We definitely were not gonna have one a few days ago when it was like 72 degrees outside. But snow days come, and it's like, hey, let's go grab the sled. Let's hook it up to the back of the four by four. Let's drag each other around the street and have a good time, you know? And lunchtime comes, and nobody's going, oh, I'm hungry. Why? It's because they're engaged in something else. Because what you choose to consume is what will consume you. And no one is thinking about lunch, no one's thinking about a snack when they're having a good time out in the snow. A couple times a year in the summertime, we get out on the lake at my uncle's house and we're on the boat and people are skiing and kneeboarding and tubing. And we're out there in the middle of the day, right in the middle of lunchtime and nobody's going, hey, what's for lunch? Let's go back to the house. Let's go back to the dock and let's grab lunch. Nobody's thinking that. What they're going is, hey, when's my turn to get pulled behind the boat? I wanna kneeboard, I wanna ski, I wanna tube. That's what they're thinking about because what you choose to consume is what will consume you. We live in a culture that's not only just shouting at us to consume this, try this, do this, watch this, listen to this, eat this. They're act, the, the culture's actually trying to make money off of our appetites. And it's constantly being broadcast with money, with greed, 
being the, the undercurrent of the message of you need this, you need this, you need this. But our resolve is God, I want my spiritual appetite to increase like on the snow day. God, I want, I want my desire to be like you to increase like when I was out on the lake and I wasn't thinking about food and I was just having a good time. That's the kind of, of joy that I want in my heart when I look at you, Jesus, when I think about what it, what it looks like for me to be more in, walking in more of your image and likeness. And I want my appetites for these other things to decrease. Jesus said, my food, what sustains me, what nourishes me, is to do the will of my Father. And if we can recalibrate our life to the increase of our spiritual appetites, we'll find out something that we already knew to be true. Whatever you choose to consume is what, you, is what will consume you. Maybe you're thinking, I don't know, maybe this is stab in the dark, long shot here. But JD, what about all the good scriptures that have to do with food? <laughs> like this morning, even as a dream team this morning at 9.30, we gathered here up front in a circle and we observed the Lord's table together. And maybe you did during the middle of worship. Maybe you went over and took of the bread and, and the cup. And that's great, that's wonderful. JD, what about the scripture where Jesus multiplied the fish and the bread and fed 5,000 plus? Yes, I get all that. Jesus wasn't against food. There's nothing inherently wrong with food or some of these other things. But what we see throughout the moments of, of Jesus's life and Moses and Elijah and David and Daniel and others is that they were more consumed by their desperation for God and that's what became their food. Man, I like that. There's something attractive about that. The kind of relationship that Jesus and Moses and Daniel and David and Elijah, the kind of relationship I, I see that they had with the Father, that's the kind of relationship that I want. Maybe I can experience some of that as I step into this 21-day fast. That's what I want to want. The very heart of our church is all about that every person would see themselves the way who God created them to be and they would be equipped to do the things that God called them to do. It's not just about the JD show or Jamie or Russell or Bob or Tim and Alana or Ariel or Rachel or fill in the blank, you know, the, the, the elite squad, ministry squad or, or whatever. It's about every single one of us you need to realize that God has a calling on your life. There are people in this world that he's called you to, just like Jesus was called in that moment to encounter the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman at the well. And he was like, you know what? I don't, I'm not even thinking about food right now. I'm not even thinking about that. I'm thinking about this mission that God's called me to right now. And God has intentionally connected you in specific relationships. And we need to think about ourselves the same way that Jesus thought about himself, my food is to do the will of the Father, the one who sent me. Wherever God has planted us, where we work, 
where we go to school, in our homes. Let's feed the passion that says, I wanna lay hold of the fullness of what God has planned for my life. I want to finish the work that he's called me to. I want what he wants to be alive inside of me. For those that may have seen fasting as a drudgery or just a religious hoop to jump through, let's reimagine the way that we see it because it's here in the scripture. Is it possible to enjoy seasons of fasting? Yes. You, you might think, enjoy fasting? How is that possible? How is it possible to, to forego something? How is it possible to forego lunch or food or whatever it is? How is it possible to you know, not watch the next episode of The Mandalorian? And I'm so entrenched into it already, you know? But reimagine with me this. Fasting is not your enemy. Fasting is your friend. We do ourselves a disservice when we think about fasting and our focus is on what we have to abstain from. What we ought to be focused on is not just what we have to, not just the refrain, but actually our focus should be on what we get to partake in. Because fasting is feasting on God. Fasting is feasting on God. So I'm not gonna be focused on, well, I can't do that, I can't have that, I can't eat that, I can't, I can't. You know what? I'm not gonna focus on that. What I'm gonna focus on is, man, God, I'm gonna get to intentionally take this time to press in and spend this time with you. God, I, I, I trust that you're gonna meet me as I turn down the voice of my physical cravings and I, and, I, and I trust that you're gonna meet me and give me strength to do that and that I can press in and hear your voice even more clearly. Fasting means, yeah, you might have to forego some food. You might have to forego Netflix or social media or something else, but it's expanding my heart to receive from God. It's growing my love for him. And one of the reasons that fasting is feasting on God is because of what Jesus said in Matthew chapter six. Matthew, Matthew chapters five, six, and seven is the most famous sermon of all time. It's Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And right here in the middle of this, in Matthew 6, 6, Jesus says, your father, he's talking about prayer. And he says, your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when we fast, and when we pray, there is a reward. That's good news. Some of you are still sitting there folded like, man, I'm gonna have to give up. I'm gonna have to give up Outlander. See, all of you that laughed, that was a trick just now to see who watches Outlander. Now I'm teasing. It's not just about, you know, I gotta give up the, these things when we fast and pray, there's a reward. Hebrews 11.6 says that Jesus is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Isn't that good news? 21 days seeking the God in the place of prayer and fasting, there is a reward. 
there's a reward. And the reward can be a mystery to me. It's not a mystery to God, but it, it can be a mystery to me. Because sometimes I think, you know, we, we say, you know, Father, I love these things. I love the movies. I love TV shows. I love my coffee. I love Chick-fil-A. Wait, God would not have you uh, forego Chick-fil-A because that's Christian chicken. But, um, you know, Mission Barbecue, well, I don't know. Lord, you really have to speak to me on that one too. But, but God, I love you more. So to be with you more, to tune into you more, I'm gonna push those things to the side right now so I can seek you more. And God says that he rewards those who diligently seek him. Maybe your reward will come right in the middle of your fast, I don't know. Maybe it will come at the end of your fast, I don't know. Maybe it will come after you're standing before him in the throne room in heaven, I don't know, but I do know that there's a reward. Because if God said it, then I can take it to the bank. He is a reward of those who diligently seek him. And you know what? I'm not going to try to preconceive and, and package in my mind what the reward looks like. That's gonna be up to God. I don't go to God with my laundry list of demands and say, God, I'm gonna seek you in the place of prayer and fasting and this is what you have to do for me now. That's not how it works. We just simply seek God and oftentimes he will put through the, through the voice of the Holy Spirit, he might put something in our hearts as a target but then our responsibility only at that point then is obedience and faith. And then it's God's responsibility to worry about the outcomes. That's his burden to carry. And so when, when things don't happen the way that I think they should happen, then I'm not gonna get bent out of, out of shape. I'm not gonna be out of sorts emotionally because I just know, well, I walked in obedience and I walked in faith. God, then it's up to you to determine what the outcomes are. But I do know this, he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And whether I get my reward here on earth or whether I get it in heaven, makes no difference to me. I'll leave that up to God because that's not what I'm in it for anyway. It's just like, it's like the cherry on top. I'm in, I wanna obey God whether there's a reward or not. It's just like, it's just a bonus. It's just extra goodness that he gives us that there is a reward attached to it. I just wanna love God because he's worthy of love. I just wanna praise God because he's worthy of praise. I just wanna honor God because he's worthy of honor. Not just because what can I get out of it, but we do get something out of it. So here's what we're gonna do. Instead of being a church that just talks about fasting, but then never does it. I wanna invite you to join me and join the rest of this body and join all the other churches that are in this season of prayer and fasting too, to enter into this 21 days, seek 21 days of prayer and fasting starting next Sunday. We're not starting this afternoon because if we did, some of you would freak out right now. You're just like, well, I just can't do it. And let me just give you just a couple other like encouragements here. Some of you are gonna go home or maybe you've already made other plans for next Sunday. Maybe you're like, oh shoot, you know, we've got a big family, you know, Sunday lunch planned next Sunday. I guess we, you know, I'm not gonna be able to fast. It's one day, just start a day later. <laughs> so what? Some of you are gonna get into the fast 
and you're, you, you're gonna have your, your face set like flint and you're gonna be like, all right, I'm gonna do this, we're gonna fast this, I'm gonna seek God. And then all of a sudden, you're gonna mess up and you're gonna break your fast, not even intentionally. It might be just accidental. You know, maybe you're fasting potato chips and all of a sudden your kids have a bag of potato chips and you just walk by and eat the potato chips and you're like, oh my gosh, I just broke my fast. God, I'm sorry, I repent before you. God's not freaked out. You just say, okay, all right, well, I messed up. Let's get back on my fast. Because it's not a legalistic thing. Some of us, you know, for me, one year I was fasting social media and I had these apps on my phone and I remember I got a text and as soon as I got done with my text, my brain automatically told my thumb to open up Instagram or Facebook or whatever it was. And then I open it up and within like two seconds, I go, oh, wait a second, I'm fasting that. Close that out, swipe, close it down. But you don't walk in condemnation and in guilt because you accidentally did something. You just go, okay, wait, that's not what I'm doing. I'm gonna fast. So there's these little practical things here to help you. And, and just because you have other plans that are gonna keep you from, from fasting at one particular time or another, don't bail on it on the entire thing, okay? Don't do that. Engage however you can, but do it wholeheartedly. The very first time that our family practiced fasting, it was in a corporate fast with the rest of our church. And we had never done this before, but I do remember hearing a friend of mine talking about fasting. And he was talking to some, some a priest of some kind, because, you know, in a lot of liturgical, um, the liturgical church world, you know, they practice Lent every year. And so it's a regular season of fasting. And so, you know, he was asking this priest, well, how do you know what to fast? And the priest told my friend, he says, that's not up to you to decide. That's up for the Holy Spirit to decide. So I remember the words of my friend. And so this first, this, this first time that night before we decided to engage in this fast, we gathered our family up. We said, all right, here's what we're gonna do. Everybody go to your bedroom for like 15, 20 minutes and just get alone with you and God and just ask the Lord, what is it that you want me to fast? And then we're gonna come back here around the family, uh, the, the, the dinner table, and we're gonna just share with each other what the Lord said to us. So we did this, and this is like eight years ago. So Jocelyn was really young like uh, trying to do the math, four. She was like four years old, four or five or something like that. And so everybody goes to the room, spend time with the Holy Spirit. We come back 15, 20 minutes later, go around. What did the Lord tell you to fast? Like for one of my kids, it was like chocolate milk, you know? But you know, that was something that they consumed often. For one of my other kids, it was giving up the iPad. You know, I'm not gonna be on the iPad and play games on the iPad for the next, through the time of our fast, okay? For me, it's been a variety of things. Sometimes it's food. I remember that one of the first times, I think the very first time I did this, the Holy Spirit said, I want you to give up caffeine. 
And at that time, man, I was drinking about a pot of coffee a day. And for some of y'all are laughing at me like a pot, <laughs> that's nothing. And, um, but I remember the first few days of doing that, there was some physical withdrawal. But I just reminded myself, well, I'm doing this because the Lord told me to do it. And this isn't every time I feel this physical you know, craving, it was a reminder to go to the Lord and to just be still before the Lord. And just sometimes I'll just sit, sit in a chair and go, God, I want a cup of coffee right now, but I'm not gonna do that because I just wanna hear your voice right now. So just speak to me right now. See how that works? It's not overcomplicated. It's not hard. You feel that physical craving and instead of running to the pantry, run and go get your Bible. Open up book of Psalms, open up a book of Proverbs. Maybe the Holy Spirit's telling you somewhere else specifically to open up to. For some of us, this is new. For some of us, it's different and strange. But I wanna invite you to join in, jump in with us as we enjoy this season of fasting and prayer. You might, again, like intentionally go without food. Some of you might be like, I don't know if I can like do that right now. Physically, I'm not sure if that's a good idea for me. Okay, that's fine. You hear from the Holy Spirit what you're supposed to do. He'll tell you what you need to give up. Maybe it's Netflix. Maybe it's social media. Maybe it's coffee. Maybe it's chocolate milk. I don't know. But simply pray and ask the Holy Spirit and ask Him what it is that He wants you to fast and then be obedient. Because ultimately, what we're doing is we're saying, God, my spiritual appetite for you is going to surpass my physical appetites for other things. God, I want you more. Thanks for listening. Stay connected with us at SeedsChurchTN.com and on social media. Our mission at Seeds Church is to help people discover who God created them to be and equip them to do what He called them to do. One of the easiest ways you can help us accomplish our mission is by simply sharing this podcast. You can do so by subscribing leaving a review on iTunes, or sharing it with your friends on Facebook. Thanks again for listening. We hope to see you soon.